I think most parents have uh, probably had their children memorize the Apostles' Creed. It's quite a bit shorter. Nicene Creed's a little harder, a little longer, and the words are a little tougher. But it would be wonderful to memorize. Uh, but traditionally, in the Western Church, the, uh, the Apostles' Creed is often recited at baptisms, and the Ni- Nicene Creed is uh, quoted often or recited often uh, before the Lord's Supper. In fact, in many churches, always before the Lord's Supper. And in its original form, the Nicene Creed was written, of course, in Nicaea, Turkey, in 325. That was the first ecumenical council. And uh, this was to respond to the views of a man named Arius. And he was an elder in Alexandria, Egypt. But he was teaching that Christ was created and that he was not eternally existing with the Father and that he was not of the same essence uh, with the Father or as the Father. In other words, he was teaching that Jesus was not fully God. And so the truth of the Trinity also was being denied. So like most cults, uh, Arianism denies the divinity and the deity of Christ and the Trinity. So this creed was written to deny Arianism and it affirms and expands the Apostles' Creed. And this has become uh, the, basically the final test of orthodoxy. What is an orthodox Christian church? And it is a corporate proclamation. This is interesting. I studied, just learned this recently. It's a corporate proclamation, of course, as it is today for us. But it corresponds to the schema uh, in the synagogue liturgy, which is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one God. And we are saying the same thing this morning. The Lord our God is one God in three persons. Now, the Nicene Creed was specifically designed to combat Arianism, uh, but it also uh, combats other heresies, Manichaeanism, Apollinarianism, and Monarchianism, and the variants of Monarchianism, Modalism, Patripassianism, and Sabellianism. Did you get all those? Did you write all those down? Now, those big words uh, were uh, made many years ago, uh, and the heresies started uh, in the early church, and they're still around. So I often forget, okay, some of these words I forget, okay, which heresy goes to that? But it is important to know those heresies because they're still around and we still need to quote the Nicene Creed uh, together. Now, the Nicene Creed was uh, revised in 381 at the Second Ecumenical Council and then in 431 at the Council of Ephesus. That was the Third Ecumenical Council. It was basically reaffirmed and has not changed substantively. Now, the Word of God says in, in the book of John, in the beginning was the Word, the Lord Jesus Christ. He was eternally existing. And the Word was with God. He was distinct, a distinct person in the Godhead. And the Word was God. He was clearly divine. He is divine. He was in the beginning with God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. He was clearly a real man in history. And we beheld his glory, glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Now, the word begotten is kind of a tough word to understand, and there's books on that word alone. But basically, it's talking about the eternal relationship uh, in the Godhead. And then in Colossians 1, it says that our Lord Jesus, uh, it says this about our Lord Jesus, for it pleased the Father that in him all the fullness should dwell, meaning all the fullness of the Godhead dwelled in Jesus Christ and dwells in him. So we are affirming these truths today corporately, with many of those uh, today around the world who call themselves Christians, as they did in the early church. That the Father is God, the Son is God, and the Holy Spirit is God, God in three persons. So if we could have the Nicene Creed. I just wanted to kind of refresh our minds on what we are about to affirm. The first part affirms that we believe in one God, who is the Father and the Creator of all. It says, we believe in one God, the Father Almighty, 
maker of heaven and earth and of all things visible and invisible. And then in the second part, which is the largest section, it clarifies the person and work of Christ, that he is of the same substance with the Father, and it uses words that we don't often use anymore, very God of very God, or true God of true God. And what we're essentially saying in this section, in all of it really, is we're, we're proclaiming the gospel. We are reciting the truth of the good news that salvation is in Jesus Christ. And if you look down, it's about in the middle, I believe, who, it starts with who. Who, wh- who for us and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man. He was crucified also for us. He bore our sin under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried and the third day he rose again according to the scriptures. That is the basic gospel. And I, recently I was reading in the Valley of Vision. I think most of you who have become members received that as a, as a gift. But the Valley of Vision I love. And you remember in Pastor Kaiser's speech or sermon last week, he talked about priming the pump. <clears throat> and I often have to do that in the morning. So I like to read Valley of Vision. It primes the pump of my mind and my heart uh, to worship him. And this was in a section called The Gospel Way. And said this, No human mind could conceive or invent the gospel. We could not have done that. Man could not, nor would, think of such a way of saving us. And now there are still many cultures who uh, are trying by illegitimate and ineffective ways, religions, to deal with their own sin. But only the living and the true God would send his only begotten son to pay the penalty for our sin so that we could approach him as we are doing today. Now the third part is about the person of the Holy Spirit who with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified because he is also God. And it says, And we believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. So we see that this creed is also pointing out the work of the Trinity in the way of salvation. And again, in that same chapter in, in the Valley of Vision, it said, Blessed be thou, O Father, for contriving this way. Eternal thanks to thee, O Lamb of God, for opening this way. Praise everlasting to thee, O Holy Spirit, for applying this way to my heart. And then the final part affirms that uh, we believe in a universal church, a universal church, meaning that Catholic is what that means. It affirms one baptism for sins, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and it affirms our resurrection and our eternal life with him. So, as with many churches around the world, even now, even today, please recite with me the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried and the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father and he shall come again with glory 
to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom shall have no end. And we believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And we believe in one holy, Catholic, and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and we look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let's pray. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, triune God, you are God alone, and we worship you. As we come to the table of the Lord, we praise you for sending your only begotten Son, our Heavenly Father, and we praise you for our Redeemer. We praise you, our Lord Jesus Christ, for the work of our redemption and our salvation. And we praise you, Father and Son, for sending your Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who applied salvation to our hearts. You have commanded that your church remember and proclaim and rejoice in the work of Christ until he comes, whose body was broken for us and whose blood was shed for us. And we do so now in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.